0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger
1: Stadium, take it away, Finn. It's time
0: for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodger fans? Hope you're doing well out there. Hopefully you're doing better than me, because it's been a really rough day. You'll find out why in a minute if you haven't heard the news, but I hope all of you had a really wonderful Thanksgiving. Let's get this show on the road. Let's kick it off with the first big news in Dodgers Nation, or I guess if you're a Mets LGM fan, that's right. Max Scherzer is going to the New York Mets. He agreed to a three-year, $130 million deal. Kind of a big... Kind of a big blow to the Dodgers pitching staff, but that's okay. I don't think any of us wanted to pay Max Scherzer $43.33 million annually. That is obviously a record. And Max Scherzer is the oldest pitcher at the age of 37 to command a $100 million contract. He broke 33-year-old Kevin Brown, who back in 1998 signed a deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's get this thing going with David Rosenthal. What is your initial reaction to losing Max Scherzer to the Mets?
2: I'm okay with it, Kevin. I really am. Uh, I I kind of had a feeling that this was going to happen. Um, I wasn't too confident that he was going to return. There's a lot of question marks in this Dodgers rotation, and I can tell you they're not they're not even close to content with what this rotation is right now. Which is why I'm okay with this. 37 years old, 44 million dollars a year. That's playing with fire, in my opinion. It it really is, and. Max Scherzer was phenomenal for the Dodgers in the regular season. He helped out in the uh, NLDS as well. Obviously didn't have the gr- greatest ending in the NLCS, but it's a risk that the, the Mets can afford to take. Uh, but the Dodgers didn't have to take that's, that's my final take. I, I, I think it's a good move for the Mets uh, who've been a disgrace and a laughing stock for so long to get that guy in there, uh, pair him with Jacob deGrom, if they can both stay healthy. And on the Dodgers' side, he would have been a luxury, not a necessity.
0: Well, the Dodgers are losing a pitcher that went 7-0 and with a 198 ERA over 60 and one-thirds innings in Dodger Blue during the postseason. Did a little better than I thought. He went 0-1 with a 216 ERA, 16 and two-thirds innings pitched, 23 strikeouts. Jake Reiner, what's going on tonight?
1: I, I I agree uh, completely with David, and I and I said on earlier episodes that I was okay with losing Max Scherzer uh, to free agency because I, honestly I I thought that he did what he needed to do, uh, you know, during his time in Dodgers in Dodger Blue, um, he pitched really well down the stretch. Unfortunately, the Dodgers had to rely on him so heavily because the rotation was so banged up down the stretch that by the time we got to the postseason, he just ran out of gas like everyone else did. And unfortunately, they couldn't rely on him in a game six in the NLCS to get to a game seven and had to pitch Walker Bueller on on short rest for the second time during the postseason. Not to mention they already used Scherzer for that one inning save in game five in the NLDS. And he just was gassed and he said his arm was dead. And as soon as he said that, I, I was like, okay, he's at, he's 37. He's kind of, you know, uh, giving me a little, you know, scaring me a little bit with this sort of dead arm talk. Yeah. And that's why I was like, you know what? I agree with David. The Dodgers didn't need him, uh, to, to contend to, uh, to win a world series. And, you know, the Mets desperately did need him and they needed a bunch of the other guys that they got, you know, Mark Canha and uh, Eduardo Escobar and, and those guys, uh, Starling Marte. I mean, they've been big spenders so far in the offseason. So I was I was content with seeing Max Scherzer go and and to those people that are upset that, oh, you know, we lost the trade, you know, with Kiebert Ruiz and giving up John Gray. No, we didn't lose that trade. They got Max Scherzer. He did what he needed to do. The Dodgers just couldn't get to the promised land. It wasn't all on him, but they also got Trey Turner out of it. And as we'll get into in a little bit, when we talk about Corey Seager, the Dodgers have their shortstop now.
2: Yeah. the just Dodgers quick, don't need quick, to pay. Kevin, okay. You you brought up Kevin Brown as the first hundred million dollar contract over what age? Uh, 33. Of, 33. Not only was he the first pitcher to get a $100 million contract, his agent was also Scott Boris. So there's that for you. It's
0: Scott Boris's world, and we're all just living in it. But I might have some words for that asshole later in the show. I want to get back to Max Scherzer. Jake said we don't need Max Scherzer. He's absolutely right. At that price, you had to pass. $43 million. I don't care who you are. Unless you're prime Clayton Kershaw – I'm not paying any pitcher that so best of luck to Scherzer, but we do need starting pitching because right now this rotation is Walker Buehler, Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin is your number three. Andrew Heaney is your four. And then I don't know if Trevor Bauer's pitching, but right now ESPN and depth charts have him slotted as your number five guy. So even though Scherzer letting him walk was the move, they're not done in the pitching department by any means
1: no and they need and they and now they're now it makes it even more sense to uh, to get Clayton Kershaw back cuz we actually do need him it's you know we need to fill out the rest of this rotation but you the Dodgers don't need to break the bank to do it they can go out and get uh, a couple of these you know mid-level lower tier guys that are still good but we'll be able to eat innings and we'll be able to provide that thump that you need in, in the starting rotation. I mean, having Walker Buehler and Julio Urias as your one and two, most, most rotations around major league baseball can, not even come close to having those two guys. So to me, the Andrew Freeman will fill out the rest of this rotation.
2: Yeah. And here's, here's a scenario I want to throw out for you guys last year in alternate universe, the Dodgers don't sign Trevor Bauer. And instead, they trade for Lance Lynn, who was available at the, at the, in the offseason last year. Didn't cost a ton of money. Fast forward to this year. That's another chance for Andrew Friedman to do the same thing, to right his wrong, let Max Scherzer walk, and trade for two names here. I'm going to give you one dream scenario and one realistic scenario. Luis Castillo from the Reds is the dream scenario. Realistic scenario, Chris Bassett from the Oakland Athletics. That's This is the same situation the Dodgers were in last year. Sign the big guy or go for a trade. Now it seems like they're going to go for a trade.
0: There are a number of options out there, but with the CBA about to lock, we might have to wait till February, March. We don't know. So there's going to be no trade market. Teams are not allowed to trade. It's going to be really interesting to see if the Dodgers can explore a trade in these next two days or sign someone because – I don't think this is the rotation. It can't be the rotation. It's not. No. So we'll not only,
1: not only is it not the, no way, there's no way they're they're, they're going to be content. The thing that I'm worried about though is, is possibly, you know, uh, giving away too much of the farm in order to get these guys like a Castillo or even a sunny gray
0: or Frankie on one last thing. Well, maybe not the last thing, but Jake mentioned how Max Scherzer, you know, was dealing with a dead arm, which is not an injury, despite what some might believe. And it kind of left a little sour taste in my mouth because I feel like whether it was Clayton Kershaw, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, other Hall of Famers, they're going to take the ball in that scenario. And unfortunately, I feel like Max Scherzer might have been prioritizing money over uh, pitching on fatigue. And I guess that's okay because it worked out for him in the end. But would have liked to see Maxers or give it a go in a game six, but I guess we'll never get to find out and so be it.
1: Yeah. And we didn't score.
0: So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. This is where the show gets a little dark for me. You me
2: play, <laughs> do you want me to play some sad music for you, Kevin?
0: Yeah. We might have to edit that in and a bit of a shock. The Texas Rangers, who have been spending a ridiculous amount of money, I'm talking over half a billion dollars committed now, signed uh, shortstop Corey Seager, swooped him up in free agency from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Unlike a lot of people who speculated that the Yankees were going to be involved, that was never the case for me. I did say it would come down to the Dodgers and the Rangers. I did say Corey Seager would get that 10-year, $300 million contract. Unfortunately, it did not come from the Los Angeles Dodgers. It came from the Texas Rangers who continuously steal our guys. They want to be the Dodgers so bad, even though they signed Marcus Simeon to a pretty fat contract. They'll put him at second base. Corey Seager to the Rangers, 10 years, $325 million. He's gone. The dream is dead. Corey Seager is no longer a Los Angeles Dodgers. And now we have some question marks in terms of the Dodgers camp. I know you guys have glass half full um, optimism though, meaning that the Dodgers will be okay. Me on the flip side, I think this is a huge blow to the Dodgers offense now. And we are going to see the trickle down effects at least in the first half of 2022.
1: I mean, yeah, it, it is a, it is a huge blow be, because when, when you consider what what Seager means to this team offensively in the postseason, season uh, we saw what he did in 2020 uh, we we've seen what he's done uh, in the past um, and, and just the having, you know, Mookie Betts and and Corey Seager as your as your one and two uh, for the foreseeable future was something that I was really looking forward to. And and when they're both healthy and on the field, um, it is a scary dynamic duo to have that at the top of your order. Um, So, yeah, I was looking forward to having Corey Seager as our as our shortstop slash third baseman, first baseman DH for the foreseeable future. But and this is a big but. The 10 years, $325 million deal to a guy who um, doesn't really play great defense, uh, hasn't shown over the course of his career that he can really stay healthy. A few of those injuries, I know, were not his fault, but he has had a history of not being able to stay on the field. Um, That's a scary contract to give someone that has those big question marks. The bat is there. It's always been there. The, the thing that, that's always bothered me is the, the, the defense and the health. And um, I'm hoping that with, with what we can see moving forward, that the Dodgers will be able to commit to a guy like Trey Turner, maybe sign him to an extension. I think he has more upside than Corey Seager in terms of his athletic ability, in terms of his speed, his defense. Um, he's also has power. The thing that, that, what that did, you know, give me a little bit of pause with Trey Turner was how badly he performed in the postseason this year. But I think a guy of that caliber with that amount of talent, I, I, I I'm not worried that he won't fix that and be able to provide, uh, in postseasons to come.
2: Yeah. So it's obviously not fun to lose a player of Corey Seager's caliber. There's no denying that. And, you know, it's not ideal either obviously anyone would want Corey Seager on their baseball team. He is an elite hitting player. Top five in baseball when he's healthy, arguably with the bat. That being said, $325 million over 10 years is not a contract I would give Corey Seager. It's just not. You got two to three, maybe four years left of him at shortstop. As Jake mentioned, there are some durability concerns, 100%. Frankly, I don't think this is going to be a good deal for the Texas Rangers. I think he's going to play well for a couple of years, and I think he's going to start to get hurt, have to change positions, and then that's going to be the end of course. Of year. I, I really, really think that this is a bad contract. I would have loved, loved the Dodgers to keep him on a seven, eight year deal, 200 something million, uh, get the most out of him the next three years, which is the prime, you know, maybe the prime of the Dodgers window for the world series. And, and pay him for those years uh, and you eat the remaining couple years on the contract as, as the, as the cost of having him in his prime and in, in, in the Dodgers window. That being said, I, I love, I love Andrew Friedman's ability to not flinch. He didn't flinch on the Scherzer contract. He didn't flinch on the Corey Seager contract. He's thinking long-term 10 years is a long time. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to sign plenty of talented baseball players who, who are well-rounded, who are, equal if not better or slightly worse offensively and light years better with the, with speed and defense. And frankly, you got one of those guys with speed and defense on the roster right now. Uh, Who's going to cost less than that. Carlos Correa is still out there. I know that's taboo, but he's still out there. Can't rule that out. And uh, look, I'm not happy to see Corey Seager go, but for that price, I'm, I'm wishing him well in Texas straight up. I,
1: before Kevin responds and and you mentioned Carlos Correa, what does this say about Carlos Correa in terms of what he's going to be able to get? I mean, is he going to to, to ask for the Corey Seager deal or does he get less than Corey Seager?
2: I think he's going to get more. I don't know from who, because I was trying to figure this out. There's been no rumors, no Carlos Correa rumors whatsoever. And that's in part because I'm, pre, I'm 95% sure he's not. Is he a Boris guy? No. Okay. So he's that's that's one reason why there's no rumors. Boris uses John Heyman to get all these rumors out there, drive up the price, do all that stuff. The way I see it, it's Tigers, Yankees, Houston on a short-term high AAV deal, or mystery team. And those two first teams I mentioned, Tigers and Yankees, kind of seem like they're bowing out. But We'll, yeah we'll and the Yankees
1: it. are the Yankees are reportedly wanting to get some sort of stopgap measure like uh you know Andrelton Simmons to yeah. you know to
2: fill I don't know that I, I don't know if I buy that I, I could I think I see Trevor Story in New York pretty soon but <sighs> all right Kevin I hope you're wearing black for this I mean I can see you uh, I was, gonna, you sure I was gonna say
0: the good news is that the Dodgers get a competentor- uh a compensation pick now yeah. yeah so I think they're gonna get the Rangers second round pick so that'll be pretty high so there you go restock the farm (laughs) there's a pro i don't have much else to say other than you know the dodgers are losing a guy that had a 915 ops last season but he's going to a ballpark where he absolutely crushed it during the 2020 postseason globe life field the rangers are not going to be good in 2022 it doesn't happen immediately but It would not surprise me by 2023 that the Rangers become a legitimate contender, not only because the AL West is kind of choppy. It's going to be the Mariners and the Rangers, in my opinion. But the rest of the AL is kind of weak in general. I mean, the AL Central is basically the White Sox and everyone else. They have a lot of question marks with their bullpen and rotation at the moment. And then you go to the AL East, Toronto. They look like they're about to be a juggernaut, but we're a Dodgers podcast, so we're not going to dive too much into the Blue Jays. But they've been having a killer offseason Maybe we'll talk about them in another time. Um, and then what the Yankees and Red Sox, they're always there, but they, they have their woes. So good for the Rangers. Good for Corey Seager. I have nothing but respect for Corey Seager. A guy like him deserved to get paid. He absolutely earned it. There was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to be a $300 million man. I wish we could kind of get some reports on what the Dodgers offered to Corey Seager. Cause I've yet to see that. Cause that would certainly be interesting. With Max Scherzer, at least it looked like they stood their ground at two years, maybe a 40 million AAV. I think that's what I saw. But the Mets, they had to go with three years. That was the only way they were going to draw them in, and they certainly overpaid. So Scherzer's gone. Corey Seager's gone. That's $75.8 million that the Dodgers will not will now not have to pay. So this gets us into another part of the show where uh, Josh the flip, one of our loyal listeners on Twitter asks, how do the Dodgers replace the
2: offense that they lost in Corey Seager? It's a good question. Um, And frankly, there's not really a solid answer right now Um, because if you look at their roster right now, their starting lineup is basically good to go right now. And my, my short answer to that question is Cody Bellinger. That is my answer. Um, You are going to need, Cody Bellinger to be 2019, 2019 or 2019 light uh, to replace Corey Seager. Uh, you're going to get some help from Gavin Lux. I, it's well documented that I believe that Gavin Lux is going to be the real deal. So I think I think those two guys are going to have to really, really step up uh, because the Dodgers don't have to sign an offensive player. They need some bench pieces, but in terms of starters, they're they're good to go. Look at the roster. They're good to go. Uh, pitching is the pitching is the issue here, but yeah, like I said, short answer, Cody Bellinger pitching is, is
1: the, um, is definitely what they should be focusing on and, and, and they should really go in, you know, all, all in on that. But I mean, we just found out today that, that Max Muncy has a torn yeah. UCL, uh, in his left arm. And so that's not good. <laughs> Um, especially when we all thought that it wasn't going to require surgery. It wasn't that serious. Uh, he could possibly make it back. You know, if the Dodgers made it to the world series, all of that talk was all BS because he was actually a lot more injured than what they let on uh, or, or at least what they knew at the time. So you're down, you're down max Muncie for, for how long, who knows, maybe he doesn't start the season. Uh, it's very possible that yep. he doesn't. So where do you pivot to? I mean, there, there are, and that's one of the things I said on Twitter It's like, I, I'm actually kind of excited uh, to, to find out what this team's going to look like next year. Yeah. I don't think the team that we have right now is what we're going to get when, uh, when opening day comes around. If, if that happens, you know, the, all of the uh, collective bargaining stuff that's going on, we don't know uh, what's going to happen with that. But for the sake of argument, if the season goes off without a hitch, what is this team going to look like? There are many, many different avenues they could go down. I mean, we've talked about all the shortstops that are out there. But what about Freddie Freeman? You know, that's a, that's a guy that everyone thinks is going back to Atlanta. You know, that's a guy that they could bring in. Southern California yep. guy. Put him and right at Dodgers, first base.
0: Dodgers haven't been in talks with him.
1: Yeah. And, you know, move Max Muncy to, to second base when he, when he comes back. D-H. You know, or or if there is a DH, you put him. You know, you put. You, there there are ways to do it. And then we also talked about you know trying to get maybe uh, Chris Bassett. You were saying from the A's or Frankie Montas. Maybe you package a deal with uh with Olson, bring yeah. him over. Um, you also got Nick Castellanos who's out there who who can you know who can mash it. So there are so many different options that the Dodgers could go. Uh, I'm not saying that any of them could you know, replace the production, the offensive production of Corey Seager, but they're going to be, they're going to be good. Uh, and you think about the Dodgers still have Mookie Betts. Hopefully he comes back a little healthier this year, uh, th- this upcoming year. I mean, that, that's something that I'll be looking at, but David's right. I mean, Cody Ballinger did look like he was coming into form during the playoffs. And so that's, that's a really exciting thing, you know, barring any
0: setbacks. I think he's, he's going to be back in there and he's going to be producing. I mean, in my opinion, you can't go with the same exact lineup that they had last year. We talked; you talked about how the pitching has some flaws, but this offense—can we not forget how inconsistent they were all? They they were all throughout twenty twenty one, and they just flat out disappeared in the postseason. Definitely, something has to be done. They have to shake it up somehow. And Jake already presented a lot of great options. There's some other names out there too, but we haven't even brought up Chris Taylor. He's been extremely quiet this post or this off season no clue where his market stands, what teams are truly in on him. I don't know if the Dodgers plan to resign him or he's gone too, but if they lose Chris Taylor, that was one of their best postseason hitters. Now you're rolling into 2022 with just less clutch. I know a lot of, there's no stat truly for clutch, but this team is going to lose big time clutch with Seeger gone, Taylor gone. So I don't know, man, I, I mean, look, with 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 Corey Seager now off the table, Chris
1: Taylor becomes a more viable option and a cheaper option uh, than than Corey Seager would have been. So I could see the Dodgers, you know, really, you know, pivoting to to getting Chris Taylor back. I don't think they want to make the same mistake with, you know, getting rid of, you know, or or letting walk guys like Kike Hernandez or Jock Peterson. And then your bench is a huge issue like it was last season. I don't think they want to yeah. do that again. But I did hear something funny. I did hear something funny on the on the radio on the on the way home on MLB Network radio. Uh, They had a beat writer on from uh, the Dallas Morning News. He was talking about the Rangers and they obviously are they they really want to get Clayton Kershaw, so they're they're really in on him. But they're also in on Chris Taylor. So wouldn't that be uh, that wouldn't that be fun if they got both of those guys?
2: You know who else is still out there who fits the Dodgers very very well? Chris Bryant. Market has been haven't heard a peep about his market. Guy who can play third, play first, stick him in left field, versatility, right-handed bat, makes a lot of sense. You sign him and Chris Taylor for basically the less than what Corey Seager commanded.
0: Yeah, but the problem with Chris Bryant, and I've been on the Chris Bryant train for probably two years now. I've brought him up a lot on this podcast. He's another Scott Boris client. He's not going to come cheap.
2: Uh, he's not. I can tell you what. He- he's not getting three hundred million.
0: People didn't think Simeon was going to get seven years. If Simeon could get seven years, Chris Bryant will probably get seven or eight years. He's not going to be that cheap of an option.
2: I think Chris Bryant's market is around about two hundred and twenty million. And you for how Chris, many years? I'd say around six, seven years. Around seven years. What did Simeon get? Seven one seventy five, I think. Okay, then eight, eight years. I, and even then, I don't, I don't think that's it's that high. I think Chris Bryant is right in the same range as Simeon.
0: Yeah, but this is so 2022 will obviously be the Gavin Lux and Trey Turner show. But all I heard was that the Dodgers were going to have to pick between Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager. Seager is obviously gone. So that tells me they're going to pick Cody Bellinger. But now is the question. Do they have to pick between Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger? And if then if you sign Chris Bryant, then Trey Turner is for sure gone.
2: That's yeah, that's that's a good point. Um I think if you sign Chris Bryant, it's tough to retain both Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger with Walker Bueller looming as well. Cause they're not letting Walker Bueller go. That's a lock. I can yeah. tell you, they're not, I, I doubt they let him hit the open market. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, they got some decisions hundred percent. I, I think they'll, they'll prioritize Trey Turner at this point. Cause you kind of need a shortstop. Um, but who knows? I, like Jake said, I'm excited to see what Friedman does here.
0: I honestly think, looking ahead, it's going to be Gavin Lux at shortstop and probably Michael Bush at second base.
2: You think they're not going to sign Turner?
0: No. He's going Why? to want the same contract as Corey Seager, and it's like, well, you just let Seager walk. It's kind of hypocritical to now give that to Trey Turner when you have a deep farm, and they have the guys, the prospects in the wings. Now, You think, if they Trey, trade, you think
1: Trey Turner is worth 10 years, $325 million?
0: He's going to get... He's going to try to command close to 28 to 30 million a year. Okay. But just won the the batting title.
2: He's also already 28 though. Well, that's
0: why you get less years, but I don't know this. The market is out of control. Guys like Simeon. I did not think they were going to get paid what they did, but what I love though, is that owners are finally not as cheap. Like in years past, like the Texas Rangers, it's Dallas, Texas for crying out loud about freaking time. They started spending money. You see Detroit, they overpaid for Erod. They kind of look foolish now after seeing what that they could have probably just pivoted to Robbie Ray or Gossman, but kudos to you, Detroit. <laughs> and then Seattle, a team that's been practically irrelevant for 20 years. They just paid for Robbie Ray. They got him on a nice deal. They really have been irrelevant for 20 years. <laughs> And they're not done. They traded for uh, Adam Frazier from the Padres. And maybe maybe they get Trevor Story, or maybe they get Chris Bryant because they've been tied to both of them. So I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see that these teams are finally stepping up their game and this stupid jealousy crybaby nonsense online saying, Oh, the Dodgers aren't who they the Dodgers don't deserve credit or recognition because they buy their players. Well, boo-hoo. Look who's paying for their players now.
1: But it's like it's the same person that's saying, oh, you know, the, the, the Dodgers, you know, either pay for their championships or they get beat by other teams or outbid by other teams. And, you know, what are they doing with their what, what are they doing with their
2: lives? It's like pick one. People are always going to hate the Dodgers, and I wouldn't have it any other way. If we spend, we're going to get made fun of. If we don't spend, we're going to get made fun of. Let it happen. I love being the evil empire of the West.
0: So believe it or not, the Dodgers actually did sign someone today or at least agree to a deal. They didn't just go home empty-handed. They're bringing in Daniel Hudson. You might remember that name because he was a Dodger for half a season in 2018 or 2019. Or no, no, 2018, and then, of course, he was on the Nationals in 2019, closed out some critical games against the Dodgers. Well, he's back on a one-year, $7 million deal. I don't know what to think of this move. I'm really scared because it sounds like Corey Knebel is going to the Phillies.
1: Yeah, that to me is really annoying. If 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 Knebel goes, if Knebel goes to the Phillies, now if they give him like you know a three-year deal or or four-year deal, or, you know okay. But if but if it's anywhere if it's anywhere close to what they gave Daniel Hudson or even Andrew Haney, like yeah. the, I'm going to be upset because you know exactly what you're getting with Corey Knebel and. With Daniel Hudson, he wasn't that good last year. He was good in 2019, but wasn't that great in 2020. Um, or sorry, yeah, he was great in 2019, and then 2020 and 2021, he just hasn't really matched that. So, yeah, I mean, I like the move as a complimentary bullpen piece, but, yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that that maybe Corey Canables is, is not going to come back. You, you're already out Joe Kelly who knows what's going to happen with Kenley Jansen. We haven't heard anything about that. So
0: that, yeah. that's another I mystery. Could, is the I bullpen. can tell you why the Dodgers signed this guy. First of all, he's cheap, but you look at his metrics on baseball savant, the K percentage, the whiff rate, they're all in the high reds. They're in the 90th percentiles, the velocity. This guy throws a 97 mile per hour fastball on average. He's got a slider that generates a lot of whiffs. He doesn't have that curveball like Knievel had, but he does throw four pitches. Great spin on his fastball and his off-speed stuff. But there is a caveat with this guy, and it makes sense because he did have a 5.21 ERA while wearing San Diego Padres uniform, as opposed to that 2.20 ERA with the Nationals. If you get a piece of his any of his stuff, it's going far. His barrel percentage was two out of 100. Almost any contact thing against this guy was in the low blues. So. Obviously, if you, if you he's got the stuff to generate the whiffs, but if you're able to get your bat on it, it's going far and it's going to get hit,
2: hit very hard. I like the signing. Uh, I think Corey Knavel is going to fetch a multi-year deal, three-year, 25-something million. I think the Phillies are desperate. I've said a year ago, I think the Phillies are going to sign Kenley Jansen. It wouldn't surprise me if they signed Kenley Jansen and Corey Enable. That bullpen has been a dumpster fire for years, uh, and I don't think the Dodgers need to prioritize bullpen. The, the bullpen as it stands is this team's strength. It is unbelievable. You're getting Caleb Ferguson back, you're getting Tommy Conley back. Uh, basically you only lose Kenley and Canable and, 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 and I guess Joe Kelly for now at least. That's pretty uh, big. Well, not necessarily because I, you're getting the guys I just mentioned. you have you have emergences uh, from Vessia, Bickford, Evan Phillips, you got guys. You got Crowder, guys in this bullpen. Crowderall
0: is the guy that we really have to rely on, in my opinion. Yeah, but He's the make or break. This bullpen and, is, is going to be good.
1: And I'm also interested to see if Victor Gonzalez could bounce back.
0: Yep. We need pitching. We need starting pitching. Another question coming from Young jeremy 18 on Twitter. How would you guys feel about the Dodgers signing CT3
2: and Chris Bryant? Well, I kind of already talked about that, but I, w- yes. I would enjoy that. Uh, Kevin brings up a good point, though. If you sign Chris Bryant, that kind of puts you at odds with being able to sign Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's certainly possible.
0: If Max Muncy is as hurt as it sounds, we have no idea what this UCL tear really means. It sounds like he's not getting surgery, but if the Dodgers shit hits the fan all the time in the worst case scenario... Seems to dawn on us, especially as of late. I don't know what we did. I don't know who put a who made a deal with the devil. But thank you for giving us that World Series, I guess. But 2021 and on has been absolute hell. Never seen so many injuries, so much BS luck. The Giants won 107 games with a team of like almost nobodies.
2: That is that is devil magic working its way all around the world. I. I I think Muncy going to be all right. Um, I think they knew that this was the case when it happened. Uh, I think they kept this away from the public for strategic reasons. Uh, but if he hasn't had surgery, then he's going to be okay for the season unless he needs surgery. Uh, because you, uh, you, I did a little bit of research on this. I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but this, this is what the internet says. If your UCL tear can be treated without surgery, the recovery may last anywhere from several weeks to several months. It depends on the range of motion you'd like to achieve in the elbow. Your physical therapist and physician will work together to monitor your progress. Key point here, it's not on his throwing arm. That's a huge deal uh, because the UCL ligament is basically the Tommy John ligament. So if he, if he tore that in his right right arm, you might need, you might need that kind of surgery. But if it's his left arm, so he's not going to need to throw with that arm. He's just gonna need it for hitting pretty much. So I, I'm keeping an optimistic mind here. If he if he hasn't had surgery and he doesn't need surgery, I'm counting on Muncie being in there in April.
0: Speaking of guys that need to be paid, what are the daughters gonna do with Max Muncie? I know he doesn't have much time left on his contract either.
2: Yeah, I think what has he got? One or two more years at least. Yeah, something like that.
0: But yeah, if Max Muncy is seriously hurt. I'm all for signing Chris Bryant. I actually do prefer him over Trey Turner. Sorry if that offends anyone out there. I like Bryant.
1: Bryant can play first.
0: Kenny. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that's exactly what I was going to bring up. If Max Muncy missing time, you can slide Chris Bryant over at first base. That keeps JT at third. And then you got Lux and Trey as your other guys. Uh, CT3 at this point. I've been just dead wrong this off season. I don't know what happened. Just not my year, I guess. But to me, <laughs> CT three is that guy. You have to resign him at all costs now, because if you let CT three walk, we already talked about the bench is going to suck. And just how versatile Taylor truly is. We already saw what happened when they lost Kike and Jock losing Taylor is just like the nail in the coffin. They need Chris Taylor, or we are going to take I mean, a huge I guess, step back. I
1: guess the question is like, does, you know, does Taylor want to start, you know, like, is that, is that a a deal breaker for him? Who knows? I mean, Taylor doesn't say much anyway, yeah. uh, so I don't know what I don't know what what's the what the conversation has been like. But if he's willing to be, you know, a high priced, versatile bench slash starter, then great. But I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of risky to pay big bucks to a guy that's not going to be in your everyday lineup.
2: Well, if he you was, get the, he? If, if you get the DH, you could definitely be in there every day.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's true. But my, but my point is, is that, you know, even though you, you could pretty much say to him like, Hey, Hey, Chris, you know, we're, you know, you may not start every day, but you probably will, given the fact that our guys are not as, as healthy or and you'll, you'll get in. I mean, the, the Dodgers needed him to, to play every day uh, during the season be, because of all the injuries. So you, you never know, but I get, but I guarantee you, that's going to be a conversation they're having with him.
2: 148 games for Chris Taylor this year.
1: Right. Pretty much, pretty much a full season.
2: Yeah. It's Pretty much.
0: Yeah. Taylor's been able to find a way to start pretty much every season since being in a Dodger, but he's also, ha- we've also had the unfortunate luxury, I guess, of having him play, but someone else was hurt. So he was able to slide himself in there.
1: This is interesting though. This is an interesting time to be a Dodgers fan. And I think we all should, would, should take a account of this because this is by no means a rebuild year, right? We're not tearing everything down and building everything back up. but this is definitely the, the most holes that 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 Andrew Freeman has had to fill in his in his tenure as the president of baseball operations. and these are the most question marks and despite all of that, despite all of the things that he needs to plug in, uh, namely with the starting rotation, this team's going to win the West. I mean, they're going to win the West no matter who they pick up. And so you got to feel good from that standpoint. Uh, if you're a Dodgers fan that is maybe feeling a little down, they, did, they didn't get Scherzer and they didn't get Seager. Um, I think that, I think the Dodgers are going to be in good shape no matter what.
2: I agree. And I think it's just unfortunate that with this lockout coming, we may not know all these moves. So the, during the lockout, the next month, two months are going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of Dodger fans because there's going to be a lot of unknowns.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, looking ahead to the NL West next season, I might be speaking a little premature here because the off season isn't close to being over, but I think the NL West is going to be legitimately bad. And I say that because the Rockies and D-backs are going nowhere as always the San Francisco Giants are getting absolutely manhandled. You want to think you want to think that the Dodgers are having it rough? Well, the Giants lost Buster Posey. They lost Gaussman, uh, arguably their best pitcher. I know Logan Webb emerged in the second half, but Gaussman was that guy for them. It's going to be rough. And then you got the Padres. And Chris Bryant,
1: too, possibly. Oh, yeah.
0: That, that's a good point. And then the Padres, they have not done anything. And, I mean... They haven't proven anything. So despite what Dylan Hernandez is crying about with his LA Times articles right now, saying that it's a Monday massacre and that the Dodgers' chances of winning the NOS are the are are in jeopardy. That's just not the case. This team is not done. And it's kind of it kind of reminds me of that transition period, you know, you guys mentioned about are they is this a rebuild? Obviously, no. We're, we're all on the same page here, but it kind of reminds me of that transition period of that 2015 season to the 2016 season where Friedman was still relatively new. He let Zach Ranke walk in free agency. A lot of people, including myself kind of freaked out saying, what is this guy doing? They signed cheaper du- dudes like Kenta Maeda, Scott Casmir, who didn't work out traded for Frankie Montas and Trace Thompson and all that jazz and I think the Dodgers are kind of in another transition Tory period where they're not rebuilding, but it's going to be a new era. There's going to be new guys to step in, fill those shoes. We're going to see some younger guys in the farm who've been waiting for their opportunity. Gavin Lux was the first of that stepping stone. I mentioned Michael Bush, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio. Those are two guys that are going to make a name for themselves very soon. And then uh, I'm probably playing it on someone. I guess Landon Knack could be in that conversation as well. Yep. And then let's hope that Zach McKinstry bounces back after a rough rookie season. And then you have Edwin Rios who looks like he was going to be a part of the offense in 2020, but things didn't go his way in 21. Yeah,
1: That's a good point. I mean, you, you add Edwin Rios back to that bench and it already is, is a lot better than it was last year. So you got to think about that. Um, yeah, I'm, like I said, I, I'm excited for for, what, for what's to come. The, the last thing that that I'll say about uh, about this team right now is I'm just waiting to see what happens with Clayton Kershaw. And even though I I'm, I'm fully confident that he'll come back to the Dodgers and they'll, and they'll work out some deal. Um, the Texas Rangers are a lot more attractive today than they were yesterday or the day before that um they they look like they they mean business and they probably will not be a contender next year so it w- it would be you know 23 or 24 when we can really start to talk about them as a team that's in the conversation but i guess my question to you guys i already know what david's answer is uh and maybe i know what kevin's answer is on this one but um do the moves that the texas rangers have made uh, will, will it make a difference in in what Kershaw decides to do?
0: Go Bye ahead, David. Kevin. Oh, okay. I'll go first. So before this offseason really got its way going, it was reported that the Rangers are willing to spend $100 million uh, a year, I suppose. Right now they've spent $75, $76 million. You know what that leaves? $25 million. Like I've been saying, that Clayton Kershaw is going to get. Clayton Kershaw is going to go where the money's going to where the money's at. If the Dodgers are offering him $15 million, like I think David was predicting, and the Rangers are offering him 25000000 million, I'm sorry. Baseball is a business. He's going to Texas. And Jake brought up a good point. These moves are very attractive. And there's a young phenom in Jack Leiter who would love to have a mentor in Clayton
2: Kershaw. No, 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 no. Here's why. Marcus Simeon hits a double, and coming up to bat is Corey Seager, and he hits a home run to make it a ten to two ball game. That's, that's what you're going to hear a lot of uh, in 2022 for the Texas Rangers. They're not an attractive team for people and paying them $1 million or 105 million dollars. Which, if the Shanghai Sharks are paying you that, that's an attractive team to go to as well. Clayton Kershaw is not going anywhere. I don't know how many times I got to say this especially Dodgers don't have to pay Corey Seager. Dodgers don't have to pay Max Scherzer. If Clayton Kershaw wants to keep playing baseball, this is even a a sure thing that he's coming back to the Dodgers now. Dodgers got money to spend. They got plenty of money to spend. Uh, I was was probably thinking that they were going to sign one of Seager or Scherzer. Now that they don't have either of them, they got plenty and plenty and plenty of money to offer Clayton Kershaw 20, 25, 27 million. Sure. Why not? Uh, like I've said countless times when he's healthy, he's an elite pitcher period. He doesn't, I don't, I, I sound like a broken record on this podcast. I, I really, really do. But no, the answer to your question is no, just because they signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon does not make them more attractive for Clayton Kershaw. It's, he was either going to go there because he wants to you know, be closer to home or, or whatever. Uh, but he knows they're not a winning baseball team this year. They know they're not a winning baseball team this year. So if he wants to win, he wants to keep playing baseball. He's a Los Angeles Dodger, period. But
1: they got John Gray and Cole Calhoun as well.
2: Yeah, yawn. <laughs> well, then that
0: just kind of adds to my point. You just mentioned that they're not paying any of these guys. Well, Clayton Kershaw over in his camp now, he's rubbing his hands together like this saying, oh, well, the Dodgers have all That's this money. I am the face of the franchise. I have a charity that i love to that is my heart in my soul and Clayton Kershaw is not just thinking about himself but he's thinking about the foundation and he is going to use as much of that money he can because he is a philanthropist he is And make you know the world you know who place. you know
2: who helps him out with that charity the dodgers organization they don't they don't need to pay his salary for that they can help out with the charity it's that's an irrelevant point
1: yeah and they can do the ping pong event too
2: yeah <laughs>
0: he's
2: going to go where the money's at nope well, it's
0: hopefully it's the Dodgers, but if it comes down to the Dodgers stiffing him, they want one year and here's Texas saying three years, four years. He's going to go where that's he's going to go there. I'm sorry. That's just the reality. Find me a player that's done that in the M- MLB and I'll say, okay, you're right. Cause I've yet to see it.
1: You know, what's interesting to me is that Kershaw at 33 feels more on the back half of his career than Scherzer does at 37, which is a weird thing um, when you think about it. And the thing that I feel like will, will hurt Kershaw is his, uh, his injuries. Uh, I mean, yeah, Max Scherzer kind of flamed out last year, but Scherzer has been pretty durable over his career. I mean, he said, you know, he's had a few stints on the DL or the IL, but Kershaw Pretty much every year for the past four five, six years, however it's long, he's been on the IL every year.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah, he's super injury-prone. But when he's healthy, which is uh, more often I mean, than not, he is the best.
2: I mean, yeah, he, he hasn't made 30 starts, you know, since 2015. But 2017, 27 starts. 2018, 26 starts. 2019, 29 starts. Uh, last year, 22 starts. So, y- yes and no. Uh, I mean, he's not completely – you know hospital ridden uh, right but
1: i mean we're, we're kind of talking about it in, and the, it, we're talking about him in terms of oh is he is he going to
0: play or is he going to retire the last two post seasons he's been affected by injuries this year he couldn't pitch at all in 2020 he had to be got scratched. scratched yeah and the Dodgers lost that game yeah yeah
1: it, it, it's i mean look if I have to be the tiebreaker between you two, I'm going to say that Kershaw is going to sign with sign with the Dodgers, but I'm not, you know, I'm not as a hundred percent all in as, as David is, but I, I do, I do have confidence that they'll bring him back. Not, not because of the fact that the Dodgers need Kershaw, right. They, like, like we were saying, it's like, they didn't really need Scherzer. They could build out the rest of that rotation, Uh, you know, via trade or via, you know, making some, you know, free agent signings here or there that that, that are not as splashy. But Kershaw, what Kershaw means to this franchise, what he means to finish his career in a Dodgers uniform, I think is what is the driving force behind the Dodgers wanting to make this happen.
2: Yeah. And one more thing. When have you ever heard of a guy who's pondering his future in baseball sign a four-year deal after that? You know, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, it's, if he's coming back, it's a one, one year and kind of wait and see deal, maybe with a player option or something.
0: Yeah. I'd have to think about that one. Yeah. But again, I don't think Kershaw, <laughs> I don't think Kershaw is nearing retirement. Like a lot of people speculate. I've also heard him say, you know, or read, I guess I should say that he wants to pitch for as long as he can. And that was in 2021, I guess that was before this season started before the injury occurred.
2: I I guess, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's a decision for him. Uh, it's if he's, if he wasn't considering it, he would have flat out said, I'm, I'm going to pitch.
1: I mean, isn't that what went into not offering him the qualifying offer? Was that I would the... like,
2: I would like to think so. I, I also think it would be a, you know, a classy move if he wants to go elsewhere to not attach the pick to him. Uh, Cause then the team, you know, so yeah. I think it's a little bit of both, honestly.
0: Kershaw's above that shit, in my opinion. I said that the last two times I think that came up. You don't offer a player that's done so much for your franchise a qualifying offer. It's, it's almost insulting at this point. I want to give a moment to give a happy birthday um, to Vince Scully. I'm wishing you the very best, Vin. Turning 94 on this day, uh, November 29th, Vince Scully. The best there's been. Thank you, Vin, for all you did during your tenure with the Dodgers. 67 great years as the announcer, the voice of the Dodgers. Vin Scully, you're the best.
1: I, I miss Vin Scully every single day. Every, every day we watch a Dodgers game and, you know, no no knock to Joe Davis. He he had an impossible, you know, chair to fill uh, after coming in. I mean, that that in fact, I, I've heard the Charlie Steiner say if they ever offered – him, the him, the chair, he would, he would decline it because that's a job nobody wants is the, is the chair after Vin Scully. So yeah. Happy birthday to Vin. Um, he got me into college. Actually. I wrote my college essay about Vin Scully, who was, uh, my idol, uh, continuing to be my idol, uh, growing up. And, um, he's one of the reasons I wanted to get into broadcasting, get into, uh, you know, being on TV and, and, and radio and all of that. So yeah. Love Vin Scully miss him, miss him every day in the booth.
0: Yeah. Vince Scully was actually the initial inspiration for this podcast just because he captivated. So captivated me so much with his techniques, his stories that I was inspired to do my own Dodgers thing. And I'm very grateful that you guys are here with me. Same here.
2: Yeah. Same to you guys.
0: And on a more negative note, (laughs) I teased this earlier in the show, just want to say Scott Boris You are an absolute asshole. I feel like you've been screwing the daughters with your antics for the last decade now. I can't even recall the last free agent that we signed that was a Scott Boris client. I had to be corrected that apparently Manny Ramirez was that was the person they could come up with in recent memory of it. And if it's Manny Ramirez, that's like 10 years ago. There's got to be someone else, man. There's no way. Like they've drafted guys represented by Boris. But in Leo terms of, Yeah, like I just said, they've drafted guys represented by Boris. But in terms of free agent signings,
2: yeah, we I was gotta told ch- Manny... We got to check on that one. because that, that seems like impossible. I mean, he represents so many people.
0: And they continuously sign elsewhere when the Dodgers are linked to them, like Bryce Harper, Philadelphia. Yeah. Corey Seager... Texas Max Scherzer New York Garrett Cole
2: right he was he's Boris yeah yep.
0: New York Yankees he's
2: Strasburg Stephen created- Strasburg, Strasburg. <laughs> Nationals yeah.
0: yeah he has
1: a he definitely has a monopoly on this uh on major league baseball he's he's figured it out and and you know i mean I, you can't really you know it's sort of like you know don't hate the player, hate the game type of thing. I mean, he's he's figured it out, and he's, he's making a shit ton of money.
0: Yeah, I mean, so if Corey Seager, to be fully honest, if Corey Seager was to resign with the daughters, I had a speech lined up to compliment Scott Boris because I think <laughs> what he's actually doing for the players is great. There needs to be that hard-nosed guy with thick skin willing to just fight with all these cheap owners saying, like, this is my guy, this is what he brings to your team, this is the revenue he's going to drive in this is what you're going to F and pay him or he's going to that team. So I respect him in those regards. I think it's innovative what he's done. We talked about Kevin Brown at the start of the show. He was a Boris client, first hundred million dollar pitcher. Very controversial figure. I think a lot of people say Kevin Brown was a bust. But in my opinion, if you look at the stats, and I remember watching him pitch, I thought he was phenomenal. It's just that the Dodgers had no one else to compliment him. Yeah, he
1: was our only pitcher. He was our only guy. Literally. I mean, our closer was like Jeff Shaw or something. He was literally our only guy.
2: Yep.
1: Ismael Valdez, Chanho Park, please. Carlos Perez, Odalis Perez. I mean, I, I and just, the list goes on.
0: So on that note, got a couple minutes left. If, if there's anything else around major league baseball or just a topic you want to cover real quick, I'm going to pass that over to you because I might've missed something.
1: I just think that the the moves that the, the Rangers, the Mets, the Mariners, the Angels, I mean, it's crazy. All of these teams that have produced the, you know, the highest contracts in this offseason or have dished out the highest contracts are pretty much all teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. So. I think in terms of what that means for major league baseball is it's good. It's, it's going to be a uh, you know, it's making things more competitive, which is nice. Um, And I think with the, with the new CBA, like we may be looking at, you know, expanded playoffs where 14 teams will make the playoffs. So even more teams will be, you know, invested in and wanting to put a winning product on the field. And I also heard that there's a possibility that, Um, the top team in the AL or the top team in the NL will get buys and that the rest of the division winners will get to pick their opponents. And I think that that makes it a little more fair uh, as opposed to, you know, the other option, which is you could reseed at the end of the season, you know, kind of do what the NBA does, but you got to give some advantage to teams that put in, you know, that, that have the best records in baseball and the, and the Dodgers got screwed in that aspect during this, this past postseason.
2: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of expanded playoffs. I think five in each team, in each league, is the way it should be. Um, I do like the aspect of choosing your opponent because that makes for some hilarious shenanigans if you lose to that opponent. Uh, But I don't know. I I feel like expanded playoffs is going to be a – it's coming regardless because that's where the money is. So – I don't know, I, I just want there to be a, I just want them to get this over with. Just figure out whatever it is and also stop changing the baseball. pick a baseball and stay with it.
0: Oh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long winter, that's for sure. Hopefully they get this figured out really fast, but it's major League Baseball. I have no reason to be optimistic and it's Rob Manfred. He's pretty terrible at his job. But on that note, Hope you all have a great rest of your week. We didn't do the Incline Awards, so we still need to do that. Sorry for being delayed on that. And if the Dodgers do something or something major goes down, whether it's Kelly Jansen or Kershaw or Taylor, then we'll be right back here breaking down the action because there could be two more epic days of this craziness. And I wish MLB would kind of do this every year because I love this. It's NBA style. I agree your heart's racing. You got your Twitter notifications on waiting to see what the beat writers have to say, but help us out. Subscribe to the incline Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star rating. We need your help and we'll help you with our insight so that you can either think our takes are terrible or great. But on that note, this is Kevin Klein signing off everyone. Have a good week. Goodbye.